0: Dueling Genre Productions presents Geek by Night, Episode Six, Status Quo, Part Two, written by Scott Carelli and Nick Jimenez.
1: Victor Conrad. Audio log entry one. With all that's happened, Laurel, I thought it might be a good idea to keep track of everything, so I'm starting these audio logs as a reminder of where I came from, because I don't want to forget. Well, I guess I should start at the beginning, with breakfast.
2: Nothing's gonna stop us.
1: Tell me what the hell you're doing in my kitchen.
2: <laughs> hope you don't mind. I made a bit of a mess, but don't you dare clean an inch of it. Did you know I haven't cooked myself breakfast in three years? I have people make it for me. These, these lovely people make me breakfast every day. It's not convenient, but I do miss cooking. Champagne.
1: Hey, I was saving that.
2: For today, I guarantee it.
1: It's nine in the morning.
2: So we'll have mimosas. Should I saw some orange juice in the fridge?
1: I really just want to know what exactly it is you're doing in here, in my apartment, without my permission.
2: <laughs> All will be revealed, Victor. All will be revealed. Ah, here we are. We'll get to business in a bit. I like to share a meal with a person who's like I'm about to change.
1: I usually go for a run before breakfast.
2: Cardio, yes, very important. I guess you don't get a body like that after 30 without some serious dedication. But I think you'll probably want to skip it today.
1: Matter <laughs> of fact, you burnt the eggs in the bacon.
2: Well, I told you I was a bit out of practice. You'll have to excuse me for not being Julia Bloody Child. <sighs> Which reminds me, I'm Lorelei Swift.
1: I know who you are. Do you? You were on the Daily Show last week. Something about an energy plan, right?
2: Was I funny? I didn't watch it. I hope I was funny.
1: (laughs) You were weird.
2: Lovely. Have a seat. So, looks like you were in a bit of a scuffle last night.
1: Why do you say that?
2: (laughs) Well, he didn't get that black eye walking your dog.
1: I don't have a dog.
2: I noticed. How's the other guy?
1: Guys. There was four of them. And they all look worse than I do.
2: Are they dead? Because... That's the only way I can imagine they could possibly look any worse than you do this morning. Funny. Four men. It's not exactly a fair fight.
1: I know. I feel real guilty about it. What's this all about?
2: Right. Well, I happen to know a bit about you as well, Victor Conrad. That's so? Graduated valedictorian, dropped out of Yale after two semesters, worked in an Alaskan oil rig for a few months, Join the military at age 20, and then the rest is literally history.
1: I don't like talking about it.
2: How many hostages did you save that night?
1: I said I don't like talking about it.
2: And why did you leave the military after that? You could have been a general. Why
1: are you in my apartment?
2: Sorry. I'm sorry. Please, don't get up. I think you're restless, Victor. I think you spent your whole life looking for something indefinable so you jump from place to place, from story to story and even after doing something miraculous you keep running, you keep looking for something more and I'm the same way, I keep running too chasing that scent in the air I keep doing things and people keep telling me that it's the big thing, the thing I'm supposed to do but I can't believe them I saw you get in that fight
1: You were at the bar last night?
2: I was and I saw a group of angry looking fellows harassing a young man and his boyfriend and then I saw you put a stop to it. You're a homosexual, Victor. Excuse me? I'm just wondering what your stakes are in the matter. The young men seem to be strangers to you, so why are you so adamant about stepping in?
1: I just don't like assholes.
2: Clearly. So you saw those men doing something you knew was wrong and you stopped them brilliantly, even if your face looks like proof to the contrary.
1: I'm late for my run.
2: Victor, do you believe in God? What? Five years ago... After the President of the United States awarded you the Medal of Honor for that thing you don't like talking about, you gave a speech in which you said you knew you would succeed in your mission because you believed that God was guiding you through it. So my question now is, five years later, do you still believe in God? No. Excellent. I need your help with a little science experiment. Well, more of a social experiment. Well, a bit of both, really, with some civil service peppered in as well. I need you to preside over a small group of people I'm gathering together. A special group of people. A team, really. Why me? Because I don't believe in God either, Victor. I believe in men. I believe in good men, and I believe you're one of them. A good man looking for his place in the world, and I believe I've found it.
1: What kind of team?
3: Lorelai Swift hands us the opportunity of a lifetime. And you all want to go back to working at a blasted comic book store? Have you all gone mad? Nobody's forcing you to do anything, Simon. You can feel free to go back and join up with Lorelai if you want. She doesn't want just me. She wants all of us. We're a team, remember? And the team has reached a decision. We have an obligation to this store. We have an obligation to help people. We're wasting our time here. Well, not all of us feel the same way, Simon. Some of us just want to have a normal job and a normal life without having to worry about everything changing at the tip of a hat. I think I've had more than my share. Open the store, Gib. We've got work to do.
2: I can't
1: believe
3: any of you went along with this.
2: Hey, I've already got 18 credit hours and a store already breathing down my neck right now. There's no way I'd have time to play superhero.
3: Yeah, I get where you're coming from, Simon. But Elliot's right. The store needs to be our priority right now.
4: I don't think it's really about the store at all. I think it's really about you-know-who, and I think one of us should talk to him about it.
3: What? Now?
4: It's not healthy to keep that stuff bottled up, Gibson. Haven't you noticed how tired he looks? That's how he always looks! I mean, more than usual. Has he talked to you about Gretchen at all?
3: Not since the police said there was literally no sign of her anywhere. No credit card stuff, no communication with friends or family, no blood, no body, nothing. She just disappeared.
4: I'm really glad there's no sign she was hurt or taken or anything, but it's almost harder, you know? There's no closure, and I don't know whether to be mad at her or sad or what. And if that's confusing for me, I can only imagine what Elliot's going through. But either way, you have to at least try to adjust back to normal.
3: Yeah, well, Elliot's never been the best at adjusting.
4: I'm gonna go talk to him.
3: Oh no, bad idea. Don't do that. Um, And she's gone. No one ever listens to me.
4: Why would anyone listen to you?
2: Oh,
3: Mr.
1: Conrad. I was about to grab lunch. Lorelai wanted me to meet her here so she can run a few tests. Is she on her way? She was right behind me. Probably got distracted. You know how she is. (laughs) Oh yes, indeed I do.
3: Mr. Conrad?
1: I'm I'm really sorry. I'll make sure Lorelai knows this wasn't your fault.
3: What are you doing? Mr. Conrad, please unlock this door. Mr. Conrad!
1: The world needs a hero, Dr. Park. And if no one else is stepping up, I guess it's up to me.
4: Elliot?
3: Hey, I'm back here. Just looking through the books. Cosmo did not know how to keep records of stuff. This folder is a disaster. You need help? Nah, I got it.
4: You need help with anything else? At all?
3: It's cool, Gwen. Really. Are you okay? What do you mean?
4: You just look like you're exhausted, and you seem like you're running on empty, and I'm just wondering if all this, putting up the store, and running it, and everything, if, if maybe it's too much.
3: It's just... It's such a good little store, you know?
4: Yeah, but-
3: I know it's a wreck, and it smells funny, and it's probably seen better days, but I think it has potential. I have all these great memories associated with it, you know? It has a really special place in my heart, and if we put in some real effort, I think it could be someplace really great. I don't want to give up on it just because something new and exciting comes along. It's a really good store, it doesn't deserve that.
4: Elliot,
2: I- WHAT?!
3: Uh-oh. That doesn't sound good.
2: Okay, look. It's nothing personal, Guy. Nothing personal? You just set up your pull list yesterday! What's going on? She wants to cancel her pull list. It's just kind of a hassle, you know? Driving all the way across town to get my comics every week.
3: How else would you
2: get them? Well, I'm going to use Monopoly Comics' online store and ship them to my house.
3: Monopoly Comics has an online store?
2: Yeah! Check it out, they've got a mobile app and everything. How long were we gone? Long enough for some guy to come by and pass out flyers for their website. In front of your store.
3: Uh, I knew we shouldn't have closed the store.
1: Wait, we, they were passing out
3: flyers to advertise a website. What kind of backward marketing plan is that?
2: So, can I close my account? Please?
4: Uh, fine.
2: Thanks, guys. I'm really sorry. It's just gas prices, you know? Bye!
3: Max Carmichael is stealing our customers. This cannot stand. Gibson, close the store.
2: Uh, isn't that the thing that got us into this situation
3: to begin with? Maybe so, but Monopoly Comics cannot get away with this. We're nipping this in the bud right now, and we're gonna do it face to face.
2: Listen, Miranda, I- I want to know how in the hell my catalyst ended up being passed around a whole city by a chorus sorority! What's wrong?
3: It's Mr. Conrad. He's locked himself in the lab. I think he's going to put himself through the procedure.
2: Miranda? To call you back.
1: Okay. Uh, sensors are all hooked up. System check. Go. Right. Catalyst time. Oh, that is a lot stronger than I remember.
2: Victor. Victor, it's me. I'm right outside. Listen to me. I need you to stall whatever it is you think you're doing and come out of there right now.
1: Can't do that, Lorelai. There's too much at stake. Somebody needs to get out there and get things under control. And if it's not going to be those kids you found, it's going to have to be me. You
2: have no idea what you're even doing in there.
1: I've seen the lab techs run enough tests. I'll be fine. You're
2: being ridiculous. Stop this before you get hurt.
1: You brought me here to help people, Lorelei. And right now, there could be people out there with powers they can't control. They could hurt themselves or other people. But but I can help them. That's not
2: why you're here anymore, Victor now. That's your purpose. That's how you help me. Things change. Things evolve.
1: You have to learn to roar the punches. You once asked me how many people I saved that day. I never told you, but the truth is I don't remember. You know, all these years later, and all I can think about are the two people that didn't make it because I wasn't fast enough, because I wasn't strong enough, and because I wasn't good enough. side
2: Laura.
1: Lorelae, your your particles they're beautiful. They look like
0: Tonight is executive produced by Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez. Starring Matt Mazel as Elliot Markowitz, Chris O'Connor as Jeff Gibson, Ray Russo as Gwen Allen, Andrew Ball as Simon Holt, Morgan Spencer as Mindy Gibson, Naomi Wong as Lorelai Swift, Jay Malone as Victor Conrad, Scott Tofty as Max Carmichael, and Nick Jimenez as Billy. Also starring, Rachel Banks as Veronica Belknack, Sam Black as Dr. Park, Charlene Coleman as Dr. Wynn, and Lindsay Lorraine as The Grid. Additional voice work by Mackenzie Bryant, Bradley William Smith, Warren Blackie, and Jeremy Heaps. Casting by Chelsea Kern. Status Quo Written by Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez Directed by Nick Jimenez Edited by Scott Corelli Geek by Night theme by Zach Gibson Original score and final mix by Scott Tofty Credits read by Brian Brown Special thanks to associate producer Trenton Anthony Smith Geek by Night created by Scott Corelli All characters in this work are entirely fictitious. Any resemblance to real persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Copyright 2016, Dooming Genre Productions. Thanks for listening.